1: Just one time, yeah. You know.
0: Samantha, stand right here. All
1: right, don't move. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you move, I'm gonna kick you into that pit. Boom. <laughs> Samantha did something so stupid today. So all of a sudden, my wife's phone starts blowing up, and my wife will not answer the phone unless she know the number's programmed in her phone. Mm-hmm. Like she lets it go to voicemail. So this person called four times in a row. So she finally goes fuck, and she answers like hello. It was one of Samantha's friends asking if Samantha could hang out. So my wife says, Hold on, and calls Samantha. And Samantha's like, Oh, I just I gave him your number so he can ask. And I go, Don't you have a cell phone?
0: Yeah.
1: And she's like, Yeah. I'm like, Yeah, because I pay for it, right? And she's like, Yeah. And I go, You couldn't walk your lazy ass downstairs and hand your mother the phone. And she's like, it's not because I'm lazy. It's just the proper thing to do, Dad. And I'm like, are you telling me what the proper thing is? <laughs> I was like, "Who? this is my house. If I tell you you have to come over here walking on your hands and singing the fucking ketchup song, that's the proper way to do it. Bitch this is don't kill my way. vibe. Bitch don't kill-, bitch don't kill my vibe. <laughs> I was like, you just gave your mother's phone number.
0: To a complete just- stranger
1: some random person just this is my friend i'm like i've met most of your friends they're all morons (laughs) he's the kids on the fucking phone while i'm doing so my wife let him let she said the kid was polite and he apologized for calling multiple times but he was told to do do that he was told to call until she answers because sometimes she doesn't hear it and I'm like, oh, my God, Samantha, you you out here making your friends look bad. Yeah. So I made her feel like an idiot. And then I went back outside because I was fixing the car.
0: You mean the wall socket?
1: <laughs> Bitch, don't kill my vibe. <laughs> no, I'm fucking the headlight went out of my car. <laughs> I can feel your energy from two planets they away. mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, welcome, everybody, to the Lazy Geeks podcast, our weekly podcast that discusses top news from the world of entertainment, gaming, comics, and technology. This is for the week of April 22nd, 2018. Uh, I'm Stephen Vargas.
1: I'm Adam Riley.
0: So, uh, yeah. So we got three episodes Best don't left. kill my vine. <laughs> Including this <laughs> one. We've got three episodes left till Magnificent 300. And... Three hundred is gonna be fun. It's gonna. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Got some ni- nice, nice little things set up for that one, so that should be fun. Um, just kind of. It's funny because uh, I was recording um some episodes of uh, uh, the extended play movie podcast with Patrick today, and um, like Patrick can only do two in a row. Mm-hmm. You know? he's like he goes, when we did three, but we we set ourselves like okay we do one take like a half hour do another one half hour and he's like, oh that mu- that must be nice yeah <laughs> because he got he got here at nine in the morning and we were done by like 3 30 including a, a lunch break and stuff like that and um a lunch break yeah even a lunch break yeah i know wow <laughs> and then i told him i go yeah i go i go no i i have to do six episodes today i uh three with you and then i got three with adam and usually adam and i take mm, barely five minutes in between and then jump right a into the next break one. yeah that's pretty it pretty much i go and then we jump to the next one he goes he goes i don't know how you can do that i go seven and a half years real man <laughs> shit that's <laughs> how we do it real man <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> seven and a half years it took for us to get to this point
1: <laughs> yeah it wasn't always this fluid yeah we finished one to be like fuck this
0: <laughs> when we were doing once a week it was like oh my god okay all right okay Yeah, i could not do it <laughs>
1: I still don't know I I there's times now where I even go oh fuck I have to record like because it's just it's this span of five hours and then at the end of it I'm not physically tired but I can't think (laughs) because I've just had a conversation for five fucking hours you know I like doing it I'm just saying (laughs)
0: Well, it's yeah. like, you know, I, I told him, I go, well, yeah, I go, I know, I go, I know it's a lot. I go, you and Adam both, I go, but I got it uh, right after. I got to render this shit. <laughs> gotta, right. Like, it's like when Adam and I finish the five hours, I have at least an extra maybe 45 minutes to an hour after just doing the one show. That's why I spread out the releases of all the shows. So then I can just I because I have to do like a couple. And I was like, no, I'm just doing one. Doing one, getting it done, and then, you know, set the other ones for later in the week. So I give myself a little bit of a break. But, yeah, so it's like, I was like, yeah, it didn't come that easy.
1: <laughs>
0: this go, this tickle while. Like
1: this, I worked uh, about 64 hours this week. I did take Friday off. Um, did some things around the house then. Saturday, I was doing running errands and shit. Today, which is Sunday, I worked five hours. I woke up at like, I think eight, no, seven, and got coffee and then worked for five hours. Got off of there, went food shopping, came home. Fixed my- it's like it never ends. you know. <laughs> it's like I went right into this. <laughs> I had to tell Steve, give me 15 minutes because I got to finish the Star Trek episode. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man.
0: But uh, yeah, so 300 episodes coming up. Uh, next month in a couple weeks so that's that's gonna, I'm gonna look forward to that
1: yeah um, that'll be fun
0: it'll probably be the least amount of work we do we've ever done on an episode so
1: it's gonna be 10 minutes long <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's gonna be an Alex Jones show four hours
1: oh Jesus I'm <laughs> just screaming
0: <laughs> right. you, know, you have
1: to applaud you have to applaud him to keep in that energy level for that long because I could not
0: well, I mean, there's a lot to I'd, be I would
1: have fell asleep.
0: <laughs> well, there's a lot to be said to doing, like, speed and shit,
1: you know? <laughs> no, that's true, too. Yeah. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> right.
0: Uh, all right. Our main episode this week will be about Superman's 80th anniversary. But you. Bef-
1: huh? I said you. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I Just made you, a funny uh, noise. I thought you were going to go, you. <laughs> I was like, nah. what, now what? <laughs> 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 but before that, let's talk about some headlines all right so in entertainment news this week if you guys have listened to my wow my voice cracked there um you guys um
1: it's going through the chain yeah i know
0: it's like damn after 45 years it's about time it happened mm-hmm. <laughs> um if you guys have listened to uh the extended play movie podcast you heard patrick and me talk about the netflix series mindhunter Um, it's a true crime series created by David Fincher and Joe Penhall. Uh, Season one, great show. It it really is a great show. It's basically, the premise of the show is uh, a special agent of the uh FBI's behavioral science unit. This is in the 70s when the FBI didn't have profiling for serial killers. And this is about how they go about Interviewing serial killers and trying to draw profiles, which basically becomes what the FBI, you know, uses now to uh, to get into those cases. So it's some really, really great show. Well, season two is gearing up for production and the directors of the second season um, of the Netflix drama have been revealed. Uh, So David Fincher, who directed, I believe, four episodes last season. Will be returning as as the uh, um, showrunner for season two, and directing four. um, He directed four of the season of season one's episodes, and he will be directing two episodes: the season opener and the season finale. As well as including the director from the assassination of Jesse James by by the coward Robert Ford, he will be uh, filmmaker Andrew Dominic. He will be directing two episodes, as well as Devil in the Blue Dress filmmaker Carl Franklin will direct four episodes. And so and like I said, Fincher will be doing the first episode and last episode. Uh, The playlist says that Fincher is currently in Pittsburgh doing prep on the new season, which begins filming by the end of the month. And in addition to directing two episodes, Fincher will spearhead reshoots that are built into the schedule, which is something he did also in season one. Despite being only eight episodes in length, expect this season to be long. The, uh, this will likely occupy most of Fincher's time in 2018. Between production and post-production, Netflix has yet to announce a Mindhunter season two premiere date, but notes that the streaming service will intend to hold um, hit for early release in 2019. As for World War Z2. Development on the script continues, and the film ain't happening this year at all. It's a trade-off for Mindhunter of you know, for great quality, so it allow the script to work out, and he'll get to that when the season's over.
1: I've actually I've heard good things about the show multiple yeah. times, but I've never um, seen it.
0: Well, I've I've you know I've always been into true crime, and I was like going David Fincher, what? Because I actually introduced it to Patrick. I was like. Hey, have you heard of this? He goes, no. And he finally saw and he was like, oh my God, it was so good. I'm like, I was like, right. It's a slow burn. First couple episodes. But once it gets going, it's really, really fucking great. So, uh, so yeah. So if you guys haven't checked it out, definitely check it out on Netflix.
1: It's worth the might have to tell might have to, My wife likes all that true crime stuff. Might have to tell her about it.
0: Yeah. Be, be sure not to watch it in front of the kids because there's a, there's Fuck that <laughs> there's, they there's, need to learn. Okay. <laughs> there's a there's a bit of uh there's a bit of sex in there
1: so oh i might watch it with her (laughs) yeah there you go um so keeping on the streaming service kick cbs continues to ramp up its all access content to compete with the likes of netflix with six to seven new shows uh set to hit the streaming service like the wolf arrow produced no activity Now Deadline reports that that CBS's service has just landed eight fights, the life of Muhammad Ali, for development. It will be produced by Morgan Freeman, Revelations Entertainment, and CBS TV Studios. The limited event series is based on Jonathan Igg's recent biography, Ali, A Life, according to Deadline, and will show eight distinct moments in Ali's life, each organized on a single fight from his boxing career. The show will apparently focus on the internal struggle in Ali's heart and mind as an influential figure of the 20th century. CBS TV shows sold the series to All Access in a competitive bit. Wait a minute. Doesn't CBS own All Access?
0: Yeah, but I think it's held like another division.
1: Oh, that's weird. Uh, Landing a script to series commitment, which means there will be no pilot process if the script is good enough to warrant the series Itself, the studio currently has 13 premium shows on cable and streaming. Notes deadline, including American Vandal, Insatiable, Cartoon President, The Twilight Zone, and of course, Star Trek Discovery. Um, I, I forgot Cartoon President was <laughs> on CBS All Access. I didn't. I, Ever, for, I didn't even know that was a thing. It's it's basically Trump. It's it's like well, I, a, I figured that, you know, right. It's it's like a, um, a caricature. Uh,
0: but he's already a caricature.
1: Even worse. So <laughs> um, but since it's on streaming, nobody talks about it. So. Right. <laughs> uh, it's it's on, not I on mean, Netflix
0: or Hulu. It's on the
1: one it. streaming access that everyone canceled <laughs> after the 13th episode of Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: right. All right. Moving on into gaming news, so Call of Duty Black Ops 4 won't include a traditional single-player story mode, according to sources with knowledge of the project status. The shift in creative direction will make Black Ops 4 the first mainline Call of Duty to ship without a standard campaign. When reached for comment, the Activision spokesperson said, We do not comment on rumor or speculation. We look forward to revealing Black Ops 4 on May 17th. The sources who asked for anonymity said that Black Ops 4's release date approach, it became more evident development of the single player campaign won't be completed. One one source said Triarch has since focused Black Ops 4's development on expanding multiplayer and the series popular zombie mode. The source described an emphasis on co-op modes as a potential stand-in for a traditional, sing- a typical single-player campaign experience. Created by developer Infinity Ward in 2003, the Call of Duty franchise initially built a claim on its single-player's campaign. The studio took advantage of additional power from the Xbox 360 and PS3 early in its cycle, producing cinematic, linear, and heavily directed missions that stood out uh, above other first-person shooters in that generation. Uh, the Black Ops series has been spearheaded by Triarch since its original entry in 2010. Um, Black Ops 4 is scheduled for release on October 12, 2018 on PlayStation 4, Windows PC, Xbox One, Your Toaster. Activision will reveal more information on Black Ops 4 during the reveal on May 17th, and is expected to share additional info on June at in this June on, at E3. This isn't a surprise. No, it's um, not. It was
1: good. It's been going this way for a while.
0: Yeah, you could you could see the way it was going. Now, if they do one Call of Duty, that's kind of co-op. OK, if all the co- Call of Duty goes co-op, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to handle the. They're not going to get as much to the sales wise because there's a lot of people that just buy it for the campaign.
1: How about how about how about this? And this will never happen. If if you put out a Black Ops game that only has multiplayer, it shouldn't be sixty dollars. (laughs) Yeah, it's still going to be. Oh yeah, but it should be forty dollars at at the very at the at the most. Yeah, because you've cut out half of the fucking game.
0: But then you know the same thing is is that you know nobody learned from the original Battlefront that EA did, which had no single player campaign
1: and was barely a fucking game. Yeah, like to be there were like. Not enough modes in that game. It was just—it was an upset. It looked pretty. Yeah. It sounded nice, (laughs) but you know, it was just like whatever. Um, I saw—I saw this and thought it was kind of fucking interesting. Um, in the past, we've seen hotel rooms and even entire hotels specifically designed for those who prefer the orange glow of D Dust Two to a sandy beach. Um, but Alien Wears New Gaming Suite in Hilton's Panama City. Location might well be the easiest place yet to let a week of your life's com- wow <laughs> a week of your life completely pass you by. Uh, room 2425 offers guests the chance to avoid the rich culture of the cent- of the Central American capital and enjoy the company of a monstrous monstrous Alienware gaming PC, Oculus Rift VR headset, and Xbox One Elite move move between the racing seat centerpiece and beanbags, foregoing the stunning view of the South Pacific Ocean to instead bask in the warm glow of the room 65-inch 4K TV. The $349 per night room also features a surround sound system and immersive lighting that responds to in-game action. Um, Alienware Gaming Laptop, Oh, and, and Alien Gaming Laptop if you made the crucial mistake of inviting someone else to join you in, in the lair. So draw those curtains, blah, 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 blah. So there's a picture. If you follow the, the website, uh, our website in the show notes, lazygeese.com, um, it is pretty slick looking. Like There's all kinds of shit going on. And I saw this. I was like, damn. And if this pops off, I could see a lot more fucking places having stuff like this. To be honest, because it's it's just like, I just imagine that someone who has a bunch right? of they have a bunch of roommates or something, and they're just like, you know what? I'm taking a me vacation Right. Bye. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just gonna stay just, in this. Like, fucking I
0: want to I want to have access to all my tech, all my technology, and not deal with shit. Right. Not deal with anybody interrupting my ass or anything. That is that does look pretty sl- fucking slick. That is
1: super dope.
0: I see where Adam's going for his next vacation.
1: That's right. I ain't taking (laughs) nobody with me.
0: You don't even tell people where you're going. It's like, I'll be back in a week. Where are you going? I'll be back in a week.
1: Right. I'll be safe. Don't (laughs) worry.
0: (laughs) And if anything happens to me, Stephen knows to just delete my browsing history.
1: That's right. (laughs) There's actually a big red button in uh, Steve's closet. My computer just explodes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it actually just melts. Like right. you, you hear, a, they like hear a sizzle. Like, what's that? And then all of a sudden, your just computer just melts. Right. Keyboard, the mouse, everything. Like,
1: <laughs> a fucking Rick and Morty style portal opens, <laughs> and it just falls through. You never <laughs> see it again.
0: Or a portal opens up. You see my hand come through, grab your computer, and <laughs> pull it through. <laughs> your head comes in. You just look
1: around real quick. What up? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like,
0: like up? <laughs> Take it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man. All right, moving on into comic news. After stealing the War Machine armor for his personal battle against the scum of the Marvel Universe, Frank Castle is going back to basics in Punisher Number no. One from writer Matthew Rosenberg and artist Ricardo Brascelli. "Quote: We're going back to. We're going to get back to Frank Castle with a handgun and a knife, stalking the streets of New York and getting his hands dirty." Rosenberg told Marvel.com. We, but we are also going to see a man who is changed from time uh, from his time in the armor he developed a bigger a taste for bigger game and larger targets and he's not going to give up that easily. So in a sense it's back to basics but on a bigger scale. While the Punisher relaunch will see Frank deal with the criminal element that fans have come to have become accustomed to, that doesn't mean the vigilante won't get involved with major players and superheroes of the larger Marvel universe. Rosenberg said, I can't say too much, but I can say that issue one has some of the biggest bad guys in the Marvel Universe pop in and that Frank still has his eyes on shaping nations these days. The classic Marvel villains are getting savvier. They aren't thugs and gangsters anymore. They're becoming mayors and CEOs uh, and kings. But Frank is still coming for them. Punisher 1 from Rosenberg and Bocelli goes on sale August 1st from Marvel Comics. So uh, it's weird if you look at the... If you look at the... uh, the uh, comic cover in the links in the show notes. He looks like an actor I've seen. Like they, the the drawing of the face just looks a little like I've seen this face before. But he kind of does. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I always thought that the I always kind of thought that when he stole the uh, the war machine armor, I was kind of like, okay, it's he's jumped the shark.
1: Like, is is uh, I agree with you by the way, but is is. Marvel doing the little clean uh, covers too, cause that that little Punisher one cover look a little clean. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: it's it's looking it's looking clean. And
1: but I can tell you, it's not the final one because I don't see a barcode on it.
0: Yeah, it's probably just the teaser image, you know, right. of what the cover's going to look like. But um, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting. I, I mean, I you know the whole the whole thing of a you know are becoming CEOs and mayors. They're talking about um, uh, Kingpin because the Kingpin's the mayor of New York now. Well, that's funny. Yeah.
1: They didn't remember all the fucking shit that he put everybody through. How quickly the citizens of New York forget.
0: Well, yeah, you know, in a post-Trump era, anybody's forgivable.
1: Right. Marvel just making all the villains leaders make no (laughs) sense.
0: Hey, DC made a Lex president.
1: Yeah, that was stupid, too. (laughs) Goddamn xenophobe. Anyway... (laughs) Fans will soon see Deadpool gracing the big screen once again, but they can also snag some original art from the mercenaries' first appearance. Deadpool, Deadpool first appeared in The New Mutants number 98 back in 1991, facing off against Cable, Cannonball, and the rest of the New Mutants. One of these original pages is up for auction at the moment, going for $30,000. Heritage Auctions is currently selling page 15 from the issue, which shows Deadpool holding Cable at gunpoint throw a timely through a timely attack from cannonballs cannonball bails him out uh the page was drawn by rob leafield and features two of his original creations in wade wilson and cable both kinda of which i kind
0: of want to go i want to go to the Y'all here like 25 bucks let me go grab that uh that <laughs> right, 10, right. Let, me, let me grab that 10 pull from you
1: listen i got five on it okay <laughs> you
0: guys got layaway
1: <laughs> right let me, let me put something on it. Yeah. You can hold it for me. What, 20%? Both. 20%? Is right. that it? <laughs> But Let me get a photocopy. Like, at <laughs> least... Let me just take a picture. <laughs> Let's just take a then picture. Then just jack it. <laughs> Both of which are showing up in Deadpool 2, the latter of which, for the first time in live action, $30,000 isn't cheap, but if you're planning on bidding, at least you'll be getting three notable characters on the page. Um... I just get a
0: reprint, <laughs> uh, right?
1: Leefield <laughs> Lee <Field> recently <laughs> recreated the memorable cover to New Mutants number ninety-eight for Deadpool Two, uh, with the live-action characters, and never would have guessed he'd be doing that when he created the original. Coco quote, quote, Coco quote, quote, quote: "The cover to New Mutants number ninety-eight has become an iconic image, and it is the comic that introduced Deadpool and Domino to the world." Leefield told Fandango. New Mutants number 98 has become a key image in the comic book pantheon, so I thought it would be great to pay homage with the movie cast, and I gotta be honest, man, it turned out better than I imagined. I teamed up with a guy named Mike Caprotti, uh, who I have worked with several times on many Deadpool covers. He has such a beautiful palette, <laughs> And so we jammed together and came up with this great piece. I didn't know that I was going to get a chance to recreate the cover of New Mutants number ninety-eight with actors as all as all these characters. Leafield said, "That was my calling card. I brought the world's cable Deadpool Domino, and in it changed the course of my career. It gave me the career that I've had, and so it was just a pleasure to pay homage.
0: And in fact, and it's been a long road getting from there to
1: here." <laughs> And now the fact that it's going to be a poster (laughs) with Fandango. Fandango is a big deal. That's huge. It's my pinch me moment. Um, Yeah, so 30 grand, man. You're going to drop 30 grand on a fucking black and white page?
0: Yeah. No.
1: Like, I love comic <laughs> books, but I don't know about all that. I mean, like, if, and- if you
0: had, if it was like, you know, I have 30 grand, just burn it. It's like, I could spend it on a, spending on a, uh, on a car or I could just buy that painting. You know, I could just right. buy that poster. If you got that kind of money burning. Yeah, I do it. If I, it was like 30,000 was like nothing. Be also, like- if
1: you, if you follow the, uh, the sh- uh, show notes on lazygeeks.com, you can see in the link, the page itself. Um, and you can click a link in there that takes you to the auction. If you're interested, I mean, if you got 30, 30 <laughs> G's burning in your pocket and you listen to this podcast, let me hold a couple hundred. You right. know, we got bills coming through, you know, yeah, you know,
0: it's like we, we, we got, you know, we got like, you know, uh, Netflix and like Hulu, you know, she, we get to get paid. Right.
1: We have a Patreon. Um, and <laughs> what you get, what you get in return is just knowing that we have money <laughs> and that should be enough.
0: You just get a You just get a, a picture of us uh, holding up our hands like high five you and then you just high five the picture, you know, I mean, it's it's the least you're we can welcome. Do. Yeah, it's the least right. we can do for 30,000.
1: Personally, personally, I think that's a little much. <laughs> you know, so
0: in fact, whatever. it's worth more than that. But but right. but we'll settle for 30,000. That's right. That's right. <laughs> what was it on Friday? Uh, it's like, get, uh, you know, I'll sell it right now for like twenty five dollars. <laughs>
1: I'll <laughs> sell here for 20 bucks
0: <laughs> they even went over, get over here. here get your ass out of here <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right moving on it to- bam we're burning through these headlines today man, uh, why not? yeah i know right uh in technology news if you can't find that ad block you recently installed from the chrome web store you might want to do some browser cleaning uh, spring cleaning google has killed top five top-ranking ad blockers after AdGuard published a report revealing they're fake extensions with extra code that harvests info from websites you visit. They apparently sent the data to they collect to remote servers in order to manipulate Chrome's behavior. Quote, unquote, quote, Steen. Basically, this is a botnet composed of browsers infected with a fake ad block extension, Adgar wrote in the report. The browser will do whatever the command center server owner orders it to do. Fake ad blockers have been fooling people since 19, no, um since
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: since 2017. Last year, 37,000 people installed a fake ad blocker plus created by what Swift on Security called a, quote, fraudulent developer who cloned popular names and spam keywords like that Adblocker Plus Imposter, the ones AdGuard discovered are also spammed keywords to get to the top of the research uh, the search results. Their creators simply ripped off legit extensions and added a few lines of malicious code hidden inside benign looking images they didn't even bother cre- thinking of creative names for their fake products apparently people don't care if an extension name is nothing is something lazy or generic like ad remover and they d- and will download it so so long as it's somewhere near the top all according to adguard the fake ad blocker manages to trick some 30 million users into installing them so how can you avoid fake extensions going forward Adgar says the best way to protect yourself is to check the extensions author and make sure it is a company you can trust.
1: And also make sure that you go to a reputable salon, you know, because you want to make sure it's not horse hair. Or I don't know. I just heard the word. I heard the word extensions a lot. I know, right? <laughs> uh, you can guess
0: what the keyword of that article was, extensions. Um, it's, I, would,
1: I would assume to have a little dose of common sense. Maybe yeah. do a little research, what's the top ad blocker for, um, or even look, because yeah. they have ratings on them.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't I,
1: know how people fall for that shit, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny, too, because I, I remember ad blocker plus, we used to use that until we found, um, uh, until we got uBlock Origin coming That's this summer. Right.
1: Uh, <laughs> UBlock Origin. <laughs>
0: yeah it's like coming from the creators of x-men you block or you,
1: you block origin blocks so damn much i think i'm missing part of the article yeah i know like, it's, it's like a, fuck <laughs> i know it
0: literally strips like everything on on your page but i remember seeing adblock plus and then i was like what there's two and the second one i looked at that just looks shady like it does the artwork and everything looked a little weird but then i was just like you know if you're looking for something and you know just do research You know just look research go oh i want oh they offer a chrome extension then just type in the name and look for the actual you know legit thing it's like but again this goes back to google just that it's just a wild west of Mm -hmm. of of shit it's like no wonder how you it's 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 the new kazaa of how your computer gets aids
1: (laughs) remember fucking lime wire too
0: oh god dude yeah all that shit
1: I use LimeWare and then you get a file off of LimeWire, and then you scan it about 15 times.
0: <laughs> and then scan it again. You know. Right. You're using four different, uh, you're using four different, uh, antiviruses to scan it and shit.
1: <laughs> so I have some bad news for everyone who likes to get shit done. You understand? <laughs> um... While the main Office apps remain traditional, traditional desktop Windows applications, Microsoft has been developing a modern version of OneNote using the universal Windows platform, UWP APIs, um, for some years. It's arguably one of the more complex and capable UWP applications available today. In Office 2019, shipping later this year, that new version of OneNote is moving to the foreground and will become the primary version of OneNote. The existing desktop application, OneNote 2016, will continue to be supported in maintenance mode, receiving bug fixes through October 2020 and security fixes until October 2025. And that will probably be extended about 15 fucking times because that's <laughs> no one ever switches off of anything. Because all you have to uh, do is
0: complain once or twice and then say, oh, uh, well, 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 we're going to extend it to 2153. We didn't get enough time. If, you, it's actually, like, if uh. you actually look in one of the, in around the time of the, the if you listen to our, the way team, you'll see uh, um, OneNote 2016 on Data's desktop because yeah. that's how far they've extended it.
1: And uh, you know that that even then, yeah. you know. But new features are going to be reserved for UWP version. Microsoft has already said that Office 2019 will require Windows 10. It's the only version of Windows still in mainstream support. So the switch to using a UWP app should be fairly transparent clean installations of Office 2019 won't include OneNote 2016 by default but it's but if it's already there it won't be harmed by upgrading. Yeah. Right that's now what they say now. Right. All of a sudden it isn't working right, yeah. you know. Suddenly it's like right,
0: hey it's gone. What happened?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right now there are some features found in the desktop app not present in the UWP. Microsoft is working to fill in the gaps with features such as tags and class notebook. Uh, support coming later this year the company is also working on a new sync engine that provides near instantaneous updates across windows mac ios android and the web um i am excited to hear that they're adding tags because i want to use tags and it's not readily available like the tag system in in um one is weird it's just i don't know It's funky or maybe i just don't know how to use it but um, <laughs> let's be real. Uh, I love OneNote and it's sad to see that they will be um, canceling or pretty much already have. We'll we'll still um, be using
0: it. We use OneNote for our show notes and we've always used the uh, the desktop version because the one that comes mm-hmm. with Windows 10 is junk at this point. Um,
1: it works for it works if you're I've used it when I only have to read what's already there.
0: Yeah, adding stuff is a little harder to. do. Adding
1: it can—it's just a pain in the ass. It's not as intuitive. Yeah. It's 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 kind of um, clunky. You yeah.
0: Because I mean, I have I use that app when I'm on my on my iPad or the phone. It uses the 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 more generic uh, OneNote. But yeah, when you like, if you're adding a page when you're doing um, like when we do here, when we add a page for a new episode. It intuitively organizes it on the bottom when you put it in the new one it automatically sends it on top and it makes everything out of order Um, it's and yeah it's it's just it's not it's not fun
1: no no
0: no no it's it's just kind of (sighs) like
1: it's kind of a fucking pain in the ass what it is but you know it's honestly they could have said one note is great but they could have said today oh all OneNote's gone just all of a sudden and we'd still be able to do the pocket and like it's the only game in town right it's just the best game in town you know <laughs> right. so because we've um, tried
0: you know we've tried Google Docs and stuff like that but just OneNote is just easier to use the desktop anyway right all right so um, yeah on that <laughs> note <laughs> uh, that brings us to the end of the headlines Right, so this week's main story, Superman. Where's he come from? What does he stand for? Who the fuck Truth, cares? Truth,
1: justice, and the American way, bitch. <laughs> uh,
0: this week, we saw Action Comics issue 1000. Um, one of the few comics lines that actually hadn't gone through very many renumbering schemes, even when they did the whole new 52 and reset they everything. They tried to do it. They tried they did but they they realized People quickly fucking were pissed <laughs> they realized quickly that uh that wasn't that wasn't gonna happen yeah so um so what did you think of it what did you think of the
1: you know what i liked it i think it was um it wasn't overly drama it wasn't like a serious story it was more it was literally a collection of short stories by all the art, big writers from... By all the big writers of DC and, you know, the new... Bendis was in there as well. Right. Um And they... And it was just... They were doing little stories to say homage. I mean, the, I think that my favorite one was the first one. The first story... I had two two of my favorite stories. The first one was where um, Superman was fighting off... I forget who, but it was in space. Yeah. And, and th- then he comes back.
0: And he did totally c- didn't want to come back.
1: He didn't want to come back because uh Lois is making him go to this um soup like Superman appreciation day thing. Yeah. And um he says I don't do it for this, you know, but and Superman's always been like that. There's been a lot of a lot of things in in uh the comics where every time they're trying to like give him the key to the city or say he's kind of like okay, you know, he doesn't want to. Um so he keeps thinking he's seeing shit going down. "Oh, must just, you know, my mind's playing tricks on me. And then he's like, do, 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 mm-hmm. Nah, I'm just playing. Um, And come to find out that that same alien race that he fought off in the beginning was attacking Earth. And then, but the Justice League blocked, Ma- Martian Manhunter blocked his sight because he deserves a day. Yes. I was like, <laughs> you know, and um, it was pretty dope. And then my other favorite story was the um the guy bringing his car into the shop
0: yeah that was done by uh, jeff johnson and david and richard that donner
1: that was so good that dude was. it was it was the, the owner of the car from the original issue in 1938. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, fuck. And he's like, what happened? You hit a you it like a train or something like that? He's yeah. like, no, it was a man. And he's like, okay. With dude. red shorts. <laughs> he's like, lay off the sauce. Um, and then Superman and him have a little conversation. And Superman's trying to tell him, you know, he, he could be a lot more than just a petty thug and stuff yeah. like that. And I, I thought that was dope. Like, yeah. I was like, and wow. Like the, they really tied
0: it in with then, that. Yeah. And he's over there like, hey, you know, you it's your choice. You know, Superman didn't hardball me just like, you know. You need to, you know, you need to decide. And the last issue is he gets the car fixed and he's opening a fucking fire hydrant for the kids, you know. I was like, oh, that was cool.
1: But yeah, I was was, real cutesy stories. You know what I mean? Like it was, they were good. They they
0: were, it's in my opinion, they were like the essence of Superman. Like they were the little vignettes of what Superman, you know, is, is basically is. I loved all the variant covers. Cause yeah, Adam and Adam and I got the digital copy. So that included everything. So you get a, you get a digital, you got all the variants from like the thirties for each decade, which I thought was, was really, really fucking cool. There's one, what was it from the seventies and it had Superman with the American flag around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, let's see the nineties. One I thought was kind of cool. Superman in action comics. Um, but uh, there was a lot of good ones. And I like the variant cover that just showed the Flash Wars. <laughs> it was like right yeah. after that. I was like... Wait, wait what? I was, I, I was like going, oh, that's... Kind of, wait, that's not it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I... I really like this. And it, it kind of reminded me of why I like Superman. You know, and he's not my favorite superhero, but he's definitely top, top three. Of course, it's so lame because my top three are... The Trinity, because <laughs> um, I grew up reading nothing but DC. The whole um, Trinity, right? That's exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but it it just reminded me a lot of, of what Superman can be as a character, and what and and what that character is supposed to stand for. And I think sometimes that can get muddled. It depends on who's writing them, right? And they try to make him like a. I hate when any writer tries to make him tortured in some way. Yeah, because they stop it yeah it doesn't fit. yeah it's just a lazy way of trying to add complexity mm-hmm. like there's other ways you can do that you know he is a pretty complex character you just have to write him right you know so it's it's um and sometimes
0: like that one vignette that had um brainiac the oh yeah the anime great. within it's like it, Superman doesn't even have to be in the story all he does is just tell the story mm-hmm. and and it's like that's that's all it needed to be and that was the the one with brainiac was a great was a great little vignette and all you see superman is at the very end just flying you know but he was he was telling the story and then that uh the game that uh neil adams and uh uh paul uh, vanettas wrote with um, him and lex Luthor. Playing.
1: that was really funny yeah that was just funny yeah you know.
0: but it's like but, it's all the kind of things that superman and of course you know he has a box that kept them, <laughs> you know you right. know safe from kryptonite because you know that's how it works but
1: um. so, the uh, first appearance of Superman. And it's kind of funny; it's fortuitous almost that this thousandth issue is happening on the 80th anniversary, I guess. But that's just how math works, really. Right. You know, um, Action Comics number one was in June. The cover date was June 1938. Release date was May 1938. Still, the most expensive comic book you can ever mm. own. I don't know the exact. Uh, but also creation and concept. I'm on a Wikipedia right now. I found something interesting. It says in January 1933, Cleveland high school student Jerry Siegel wrote a short story illustrated by his friend and classmate Joe Schulster, titled The Reign of Superman, yeah. which Siegel self-published in his fanzine science fiction. So it's, um, you see like a, a really, they have the picture on Wikipedia and it's a really demonic looking um, <laughs> <Yeah>. Lex Luthor <laughs> It looks like Lex Luthor, but um, I mean, this is this is known to be the first traditional superhero. This is what kicked it all off, you know, and um, we're not going to get into the whole history here, but it's definitely a very heavy history around this character, and it, it definitely connects to almost every other character. It's, it's like six degrees of Superman, right. you know, it really all funnels back to him, um, and then I... I wrote. I actually, I'm gonna sound like an asshole, pretentious asshole. I wrote a paper in college uh, about the art of um, the art stylings of. So I was in an art class, you know, some an elective, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, pick a pick a genre of art and then write about it. I was like, comic books, bitch. <laughs> like, what's up? And she was down with it. She was like, yeah, that's. I mean, it's an American pop art. And I was like, okay, cool. So um, I compared. Where you had Superman versus Batman, especially in the Golden Age, right. where they were they were they were opposite sides of the same coin, you know, and it it kind of fit two niches of of individuals, you know, and it, it was it's a really interesting thing. But Superman's always been that bright light, you know, that one that is the example. Like, what did I say in the fucking paper? Superman is what we're supposed to aspire to be. Batman is what we already are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, um, I don't know, man, I just dig Superman. I'm feeling all nostalgic and shit. You know, um, my son, my oldest son's favorite superhero is Superman. And I haven't even given him the comic yet. Cause I'm a fucking asshole. <laughs> so I need to, I need to give him the comics. So he can read it. But, uh, yeah. You had any final thoughts there, buddy?
0: Um, well, uh, I'm intrigued with, um, uh, Bendis's first, uh, little, drop in the truth Mm -hmm. um where he basically kind of rewrites krypton's history where it seems that krypton was destroyed by this new character uh that he dropped in
1: um yeah he's quite bold bendis yeah let me just rewrite history real quick oh is that how you feel (laughs) (laughs) and my my eyebrows went up a little bit when i was reading that i was like oh okay (laughs) marvel boy came in and just decided (laughs) to move things around i got it
0: well you know I mean, how many? I mean, let's let's be honest. How many times have they rewritten Jarell dying? You know, and then I know, and I then, know. And I'm then, just saying,
1: you know, you know he uh,
0: needs to be careful with the powers that he, he uh, <laughs> that he's messing
1: with. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey
0: well, he's done that a couple of times on in Marvel, and he's done really well with them.
1: Yeah, no, uh, Bendis Bendis is really talented at at um, modernizing uh, something, kind of reorganizing it to a way as. Uh, where it makes more sense with current storylines, but like, it doesn't change it too. Much.
0: Right. And of course he brought back the red trunks cause that was all a big thing. Yeah.
1: Um, which I, they don't know if it's going to stay or not.
0: Yeah. But it's probably going to stay for a while. Yeah. Um, I did like in that story how, um, the creature through Superman and he stops himself before he goes through that building, you know, like when he's, uh, the wreck, the, the, what was it the metro bookstore you know he's like flying oh, and yeah. he just like kind of he stops just before he breaks through the glass and then the then that uh, creature crushes him through it anyway
1: uh-huh.
0: um and then he adds supergirl to the to the mix so that's that's interesting
1: yeah she was in there a little bit yeah. trying to help out yeah but um. um
0: that and um the other story that really kind of got me was um superman obviously from the future and he's saying goodbye to his parents before the Earth explodes.
1: Oh, fuck! Dude, I can't even read that one again. <laughs> like, I, I forgot about that. Like, I forgot about it because I wanted to forget about it. You understand to say that It was too much, dude.
0: Yeah, because it's, uh, it's one of the stories where he comes in and he's, the Earth has been abandoned for, like you said, a couple billion years at this point, and it looks like the Earth is going through its final throes, and he's on the planet, he takes some of the, uh, the ground and crushes it and makes it into a crystal, and then carves out essentially what becomes ma pa, Kent, and clark and then he puts it on their tombstone as the planet is starting to explode i was like oh fuck
1: who who wrote that that uh, one that one was um that yeah, uh, uh, i think I it was
0: tom him. king the, the guy who currently writes batman
1: god the writing was so fucking crisp on that like yeah. it was just i felt something when I read that like for real, for real, like I was like, fuck dude.
0: Yeah. that And that was, yeah. Tom King did the writing for that. And he, if you, he currently writes the, the main Batman line, the one before that, I kind of liked the fifth season where it was like, uh, what was it? The fifth season of, um, on little, uh, the, the, was it the fifth season between, uh, spring and summer that small towns have. And, um, you know he's talk- Lex Luthor's talking about his an experiment he did when he was younger, you know, and uh he has yeah he, oh yeah yeah, 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 and he has this uh these two things that could literally take Superman out of existence, but like he tells Superman about it, and Superman's like you know you could you could really take me out of here and he's like, yeah, I know, and then it's like, you know, but maybe and that it's just like kind of that little story cuz there's there is a certain there is a cer- there's a certain weird relationship between Lex and Superman and it, it's always been
1: Le- it's it, it's it's a weird kind of respect. Yeah. It's almost like they 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 don't see eye to eye but they also respect each other. Yeah. And, you know, and, neither one is going to kill each other. Right.
0: No matter how many times Lex says he's going to kill Superman, yeah, he's never going to do it. I mean, hell, in the last New Fifty Two, he wanted to live up to Superman, keep that you know symbol alive. You know, remember? Um, so, and this one was written by Scott Snyder, who also you know, it, it's interesting too because you when you see the you see who writes a lot of these, you kind of get the um, the opinion that it's what they it's like a story that they like. I would like to do that if I could, and or just kind of write a vignette of how they view Superman. Like in the universe, and it, it's really cool because I thought this issue was uh, was really nice because it had a lot of humor. They had some humor in it, but it had a lot of deep messages of like just how Superman is perceived, and I think how he should be perceived versus how sometimes people expect him to be. Because you know, right. you, you also had the Superman movies, you know, and and I think finally Justice League kind of got Superman a little right, you know, versus Man yeah, of Steel. Yeah, I agree. Uh, versus in you know, even though people hate that you know people don't like that movie but i think they probably did the better job of getting him right versus uh man of steel and um which is the tortured soul you know uh bit and then um bvs so uh, yeah the
1: tortured soul stuff is lame like i i don't i don't like it when they do that with superman because it's uh, i don't know yeah like he doesn't (laughs) Like you can, you can still have a moment where you're like, okay, he's. I don't know. Sometimes they try to put – oh, he's the last, um, he's the last of Krypton. He's so alone, and he's, still, but he's not. Like he make he made the best of it. He was raised right. by two great parents. Like he didn't have a bad childhood. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's he's doing just fine. Batman was the one who had a fucked up childhood. <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's it's uh, I don't like when they try to give. Superman, the stop story, because it goes completely against the fabric of the character. Right, where he, you're not supposed to pity him. Yeah, yeah, you know.
0: Well, I mean, you know, it's like the symbol. You know, the symbol on his right. chest means hope. You know, you know, it, it's that kind of thing where it's like, you know, it, it's it's supposed to be that shining beacon. And and I think a lot of times people think like, oh well, Superman needs to be a little more like Batman. It's like no, he doesn't. He actually does not need to be that way. He is supposed to be the opposite of Batman. Him and and that's the thing is like you, when you see them team up, it's like Batman and Superman really should not get along.
1: They don't. And, and <laughs> <laughs> nine times out of 10, they don't, Yeah, you
0: know, and it just kind of like, I mean, the, the one thing that I thought I thought did really well to show that was, um, was, uh, dark Knights metal. Yeah. Because you had Batman over there saying, you know, like, oh, it's over, you know, he's the pessimist and Superman's like, no, there's hope. You got to have hope. And, uh, you know, it was that that positive influence. And sometimes, you know, you know, Batman gets so caught up in the in the dark and, you know, being that broody emo guy that, you know, he kind of forgets that sometimes, you know, you need a little hope in the world, you know, a little optimism.
1: Well, I like I liked metal, too, because it it showed that while they're different, they like they a hundred percent love each other yeah you know you know what i mean like they got that real no no, they got their real fucking homie love you know what i mean like we've been friends for a long time and that's something i always liked about what they kind of do low-key is obviously we're in a story and and it's modern it's the modern age of comics and batman and superman both look like they're in their young 30s you know what i mean but they don't behave that way they behave like they've been friends for 80 years right you know what I mean? it's it's a really weird vibe that you always get when those two are in the room together and they're talking with each other, that they've been friends for way too fucking long. you
0: <laughs> know
1: and it's it's um it's just dope, man. like I, I love those two characters so much, especially when they team up. I mean the Wonder Woman in there too, you can have a good time. Um but that just sounded I'm, wrong. You well, You know. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. No, but
0: uh we don't we we don't always know what's going on in the uh in the in the uh in between of, the, panels. In, the for- in the fortress of solitude, you know. <laughs> no one can you no scream in the fortress right. of solitude.
1: There's no safe wor- words in the fortress of solitude. Right. Um <laughs> no, but uh definitely because i've kind of fallen out of comics a little bit I, you know you go through the little spurts where you're not reading them yeah. but reading issue 1000 I'm, I'm i'm fully on board i can't wait for um these re- reboots again uh to get back into it um for dc and marvel gonna check out what marvel's doing so uh yeah for me yeah. It,
0: it was like it was a good reminder of what superman's about you know right. and I, I thought you know 80 years and like on even on um television i I think it was sci-fi because sci-fi has that Krypton show. But they, you know, in honor of of issue one thousand, they actually aired like the they did like all the Superman movies, you know, as like a as like a tribute to Superman and stuff like that. And it's kind of like, you know, that's cool because I think a lot of times people for kind of forget how Superman's supposed to be, and it was nice to see like this is how he's viewed and how. You know, this is why he—he's something we should aspire to be.
1: I think. I think too, if we look at Superman, is kind of a a sim like a representation of a forgotten era yeah. that I think a lot of people in this country could could do best to remember. <laughs> yeah, I know. Whereas you 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 have all this power and you help because you should, right. not because somebody's doing something for you or because they're a special group or this or this or that is you help everyone because you can and because you should right that's what superman does you know and i i uh i miss that version of america (laughs) you know i read about it in the storybooks you know so um right next
0: to tom sawyer and huck finn
1: oh jesus but yeah Superman. i remember seeing an old panel from a superman um I th- it was either a poster or it was a panel and a comic. It was old. I think it was sixties, and it's, it's Superman saying that, um, uh, talking about race, like saying that, not liking someone because of the color of his skin was foolishness, oh. and that we're all Americans, like <laughs> that kind of. I was like, look at Superman stepping up. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, and that was like the sixties when that shit was taboo as fuck, right? You know, and they they use you know the artists will use that that art medium to say something yeah. and teach back then children. Cause not many adults are reading comic books in the sixties. Um, and try to do something important, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Just like it.
0: All right. So, uh, action comics, 1000 is on sale now, guys. So if you haven't picked it up, do pick it up digitally, you know, physically, you know, it's, it's a good read. Yeah. If you want to kind of reminder, what's Batman, uh, Superman supposed to be, check it out. All right. So on that note, that brings us to the end of the discussion. All right. So. uh, Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So my uh, what the actual fuck story. Guess who's running NASA now? So this comes from the Huffington Post, the Senate on Thursday narrowly confirmed Representative Jim Brenstein, a Republican from Oklahoma, a former Navy pilot with no scientific credentials and who doesn't believe humans are primarily to blame for global climate crisis to lead NASA. (laughs) <laughs> brinstein will become the first elected official to hold a nasa administrator job he joins a cabinet already loaded with people who question the near universal scientific consensus that climate change is real and that human activity is pr- the primary cause the final vote which was for 50 to 49 along party lines came one day after the senate narrowly advanced brinstein's nomination thanks to an about face from senator marco rubio and key vote from senator john flakey Rubio, who in September told Politico that he worried about Bernstein's nomination, quote, could be devastating for the space program, in quote, said in a statement Wednesday that he decided to support the nominee in order to void, quote, a gaping leadership void at NASA. Much like the procedural vote on Wednesday, it was temporarily deadlocked at 49-49. Thursday's confirmation ultimately hinged on Flakey, who voted in favor only after a bit of drama that included a long discussion with senator majority senate majority leader mitch mcconnell and stepping out of a phone call uh, and stepping out for a phone call as cnn's uh, Maju, manu raju reports brinstein will replace uh, robert lightfoot jr who has been serving as acting administrator since nasa's administration administrator charles brolden jr resigned from the post in january in a statement following thursday's vote brinstein said he is humbled by the opportunity i look forward to working uh, with the outstanding team at NASA to achieve the president's vision of for American leadership in space, he said, The Senate confirmation comes more than seven months after President Donald Trump tapped Brinstein for the post. Democrats skewered Brinstein on the confirmation process, pegging him as it, as extreme and unqualified to oversee a scientific agency with an annual budget of more than $18 billion. Echoing previous statements, Senator Bill Nelson said on the Senate floor Wednesday that he finds Brinstein's behavior in Congress at, quote, as divisive as any in Washington, he and he called Brinstein's previous comments about climate change troubling. Senator Brian Sh- um, Schatz uh, said before Thursday's vote that he that it is, quote, downright dangerous, in quote, to put someone without the appropriate ex- expertise in charge of NASA. So, yeah. It's
1: a fucking mess, dude. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, why wouldn't you put somebody who has no scientific experience in NASA when you put somebody with no teaching credentials as, you know, director of education and nobody who knows how HUD actually works? You put in charge of HUD, you know, why not?
1: I know more about HUD than the person who's in charge of it. (laughs) It's just it's fucking it's just all ridiculous. It's a mess. Um, And 2020 can't come soon enough. Right. And I don't even blame Trump 100% I just blame the Republicans like get your shit together yeah you're the ones running the country so fucking run it (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) like did you guys forget how like I mean you know eight years off and they forgot or what
0: to me it just seems like if you're like in the real world like if you were like oh well I'm running I'm gonna apply for this you know aerospace engineer role but I have no engineering background I would never even get an interview like, I don't understand how some of this works. Like, you know, I don't
1: fucking know, dude. Like, I feel I feel NASA needs to be separated from the government <laughs> personally. I, it's, it's just, I mean, but we have SpaceX. What are you going to do? Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, it's, that's it's, our hope
0: for that's our hope for right. survival is SpaceX.
1: You want to know about losing hope? <laughs> OK, <laughs> this is fucking weird. <laughs> It's kind of a long article, but we're going to power through it. Smallville star Allison Mack was arrested on Friday for her alleged involvement in a sex cult. What? (laughs) Mack, 35, and Keith Rainier, the founder of the self-help group NXIVM, uh, were both charged with sex trafficking, sex trafficking conspiracy, and forced labor conspiracy. Rainier was arrested by the FBI in Mexico in March. So how did an actress on the CW end up propor- proportionally recruiting sex slaves?
0: If she worked on the, on the CW. It's like, okay, we already know
1: how. Like, <laughs> right. Or we know why. <laughs> Mac first made headlines a few months ago over her alleged involvement in NXIVM pronounced, oh, Nexium. Wait, I think I've heard of that. Or am I thinking about a, like a medicine or something? I
0: think you're thinking of a medicine. Oh, okay. To me, it sounds like a, a new starship
1: line. Right. <laughs> Next E-Um is how you pronounce it, which has several Hollywood ties, including her former Smallville co-star, Kristen Kruk. Is that her name, Kruk? Kruk? Something the like Hot that. Chick. Yeah. Lana. Um, Kruk, 35, is best known for playing Lana Lang on the hit show and currently stars on CBS's Burden of Truth. However, the 35-year-old actress wanted to set the record straight on what she knew about Nexium and reported secret sorority within it called DOS, also known as Lord slash Master of the Obedient Female Champions, <laughs> according to the New York Times. Uh, and we'll read her tweet. Why not?
0: In her statement, it said, Somebody say me.
1: She needed Superman. <laughs> I know. When I was about 23, I took an executive success program slash Nexium intensive, uh, which I understood to be a self-help slash personal growth course that helped me handle my previous shyness, which is why I continued with the program. I left about five years ago and had minimal contact with those who were still involved. The accusations that I was in the inner circle or recruited women as sex slaves are blatantly false. During my time, I never experienced any illegal or nefarious activity. I am horrified and disgusted by what has come out about DOS. Think, thank you to all of the brave women who have come forward to share their stories and expose DOS. I can't imagine how difficult this has been for you. I am deeply disturbed and embarrassed to have been associated with Nexium. I hope that the investigation leads to justice for all those affected that was a really well put tweet yeah like I love when she didn't do it just... on her
0: phone she did it on a computer
1: no I just like <laughs> reading I just like reading things that are written properly it just makes me I just love it it yeah. fucking gets me hard um <laughs> also retweeted a post from actress Sarah Ed- Edmondson that reads for the record my dear friend at Miss Kristen Crutch uh Kruk Uh, was never in the inner circle of Nexium. She never recruited blah, blah, blah. Basically just saying, you know, she's cool. Reaffirming what she said. Right. Allison Mack's involvement, however, (laughs) may be a bit more complicated. Mack played Chloe Sullivan on Smallville from 2001 to 2011. She has since appeared on Wilfred and American Odyssey with her last credited appearance coming last year, uh, voicing Evelyn in Lost in Oz. Basically, she has very little of a career. Mac (laughs) is so close to Keith Rainer, uh, Rainier, sorry. It's believed that she was hiding out in Mexico with him last month. A photo circulating online depicted a blonde woman at the scene of Rainier's arrest. It has also been speculated that she is the actress, the DOS master referred to as co-conspirator one in the federal complaint filed in New York, who allegedly directed their slaves to have sex with rainier <laughs> what during friday's <laughs> this is some eyes wide shut shit like for real during friday's arra- for real, uh, for, ra- real? <laughs> for real for real during friday's arrangement in new york one of her defense lawyers entered a plea of not guilty on her behalf and she was ordered to or she was ordered she was ordered detained by the judge while max involvement is likely to come out in court. She has made no secret of her admiration for Rainier and her tweet from Allison Mack, listening to Keith Rainier, um, explore thoughts on media, love and humanity. Mind is blown. I am so inspired. Oh, on max by, by, biography page on her official website she credits Mr. Rainier as mentoring her in her study of acting and music in her last blog post from July 2017 she discusses the quest she has been on to find herself since 2013 quote the other morning I woke up and realized I have dedicated my life to this quest of self discovery but I still feel like I am searching for something out there to get discover to to get discover what's in that should say yet, by the way, but she put yet. See, this is the difference here <laughs> to yet discover what's in here.
0: Note to self need to get sex slaves to help discover my uh, right. my true inner being.
1: I want to read that sentence one more time and then I'm not going to read the rest of her quote because it's just dumb shit. Um, but I still feel like I am searching for something out there to yet discover what's in here
0: somebody that's save deep.
1: me right that's super deep like 13 year old poetry deep where's tom um, Welling
0: in this you know while you're in doesn't he burst through the fucking door and just be like
1: <laughs> get you out of here last year she interviewed her men her mentor on the on his keith rainier conversations youtube channel in a segment called balancing genius and insecurities Mac appears <laughs> to be awestruck in the 12-minute video. U.S. Attorney Richard P. Donahue claims Rainier created a secret society of women whom he had sex <laughs> with he? and branded with his initials, coercing them with the threat of releasing their highly personal information, and taking their assets. Oh, that's not funny. Um, secret at,
0: society of it's like uh, what's he fucking like? Uh, so he has a he had a harem. Yeah, you know, or okay. he's he's uh, uh, what's he? Um, uh, oh, God, what's that guy's name? The head of the League of Doom? Uh, Randall Savage? Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> After Rainier's arrest, FBI Assistant Director in Charge Randall William. Savage, sorry. R- oh, yeah, it is. I should have known that. I feel bad now. Um, FBI, FBI Assistant Director in Charge William F. Sweeney added As alleged, Keith Rainier displayed a disgusting abuse of power in his efforts to degenerate and manipulate women he considered his sex slaves he allegedly participated in her horrifying acts of branding and burning them with the cooperation of other women operating within his unorthodox pyramid scheme these serious crimes against humanity are not only shocking but disconcerting to say the least and we are putting an end to this torture today big ups to the fucking FBI they weren't playing
0: um, i blame i blame Dun- alex
1: <laughs> stop it <laughs> Donahue gave the following statement today after Mac's arrest as alleged quote as alleged in the indictment um alice mac alice and mac recruited every time i read her name i think of that nickelodeon showed the secret world of alice mac or alex mac
0: oh right right where
1: she had like secret powers yeah. um rec- rec- not the same actress by the way just want <laughs> to put throw that out there, there um alice Mack recruited women to join what was purported to be a female mentorship group that was in fact created and led by keith R- rainier the victims were then exploited both sexually and for their labor to the defendant's benefit this office and our law enforcement partners are committed to prosecuting predators who victimize others through sex trafficking and forced labor Mac, um, end quote, Mac was last active on social media in March, sharing a photo of her and her mom. That's cool. Date night with the mama, nothing like having the privilege of this awesome woman in my corner. Um, her most recent post is also from March 22nd and is a video of a boy asking, What do you practice? Um, and then she put, Wisdom, pure wisdom. Uh, so basically, she was brain-fucking-washed. I'm not saying that she's uh, without fault. I'm just saying that she was totally swept up in this uh, Keith Rainier character. Um, who is Keith Rainier? So now I'm tripping.
0: Every time you say uh, – I always keep thinking of uh, – when you say Keith Rainier, I keep thinking, expecting you to say Keith Richards. <laughs> like, <laughs> right.
1: I searched it in Google, and it says American mathematician. And I really don't want to (laughs) think. Is it the same dude? You know, they may
0: need to go ahead and get Constantine because it sounds like she's kind of swept up in some sorcery shit.
1: You fucking already know. Like, this is crazy. Like, this is some (laughs) next-level... Like, what the fuck, dude?
0: <laughs> like, literally, it was like, like I saw that and I, I I was like, what the actual fuck
1: is this? Like I, ha- I actually saw it and I saw the headline and I read um, I read like the little teaser paragraph they'll put mm-hmm. in an article and I couldn't even process it. It was too <laughs> much in it that was weird, right. like who it was what she was doing what show she's from like i was just like (laughs) what and i just kind of moved on and i didn't think about it again until steve brought it up like you know what that is a fucking interesting thing because like like like, like,
0: she was accused before like she was accused of it now she was arrested for it and i was like "Oh." i
1: didn't even know she was accused of it yeah
0: yeah it's like i heard something about that because i think i heard it with about lana beforehand and i was like oh well get me set up in that you know oh jesus and then all of a sudden it was like and then i heard about alice and i was like what like oh shit like this is and
1: this- my thing is how brainwashed do you have to be to be a woman and and, and who's talking about oh he empowered me but now you're <laughs> enslaving other women yeah just he em- so he can get laid he empowered her to get sex slaves. It's like <laughs> I would if I was the, the 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 officer on scene, like the FBI agent on scene, I'd be looking at the situation going, do you not see what's going on? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You The mental fucking breakdown. But um, first of all, jokes aside, it's disgusting. Um, and, he, and one good thing, one good thing about Trump is he has been cracking down on sex trafficking. Um, I, I guess he's like fucking throwing money at it and they've been shutting a lot of stuff down, but I don't care if, if Including this back chick, <laughs> huh, I don't care if this chick was on fucking CW or, or whatever. Um, it's fucking disgusting. It's disgusting to do these things. And I hope that she is put into prison for the rest of her fucking life. To be completely honest. So that's that. I
0: guess she won't be around for the Smallville reunion.
1: No, I, I don't think she will. <laughs> Lana, maybe not either.
0: Yeah, you never know.
1: Somebody save me. (laughs) me. Ugh. Anyway, sorry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's it, guys. We're done. We're done here, okay? (laughs) Please give us a rating on all um, sites that you enjoy this fine program on, including (laughs) iTunes, iTunes, iTunes and fucking, what is it, Stitcher, Apple Podcast app, um, Google Play Music, as well as our website, com. of course. You can't rate it on thelazygeese.com, but you can hit us up. You be can like, comment. What's good?
0: You can tell right. us, like, hey, yo, this was like, you know, you guys with the shit or you guys right. are shit. You know, whichever works for you. you like
1: know? Uh, Adam or and or Steve, I want to have your children. You know, stuff like yeah. That's the normal kind of stuff we get. <laughs> You and know, so,
0: I ain't gay or nothing, but I want to have you guys' as baby. You know, that kind of thing.
1: There's actually a chick at my at <laughs> my job who's a friend of mine, and she says some outlandish shit sometimes, and she's pretty cute. I mean, she's, you know, got tattoos and young, kind of a suicide girl vibe going on. And she said that she wanted to make out with my beard. <laughs> And then I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, I want to make out with your beard. And I go, well, that's that's good for you because uh, I'm married, but my beard is single. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding, by the way. So I want to put that on tape. I'm just not really. Not really. (laughs) Right, All of it is married. Um, We're also on social media, Twitter and Instagram, both under the lazy geeks. That's one word, folks. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Google Plus. I'm not fucking kidding. Okay. Um we otherwise we're
0: otherwise we're gonna be giving uh
1: Alison Mack your guys' uh, phone number. That's right. <laughs> um we want some feedback. Also, Allison Mack was what, five one? Yeah. I wish someone like Alison Mac tried to big me a sex, i punch her in the face. Bop <laughs> Fuck out my face. Um
0: <laughs> you can have sex with any woman you want.
1: Uh lead the way. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't need assistance for that kind of magic to happen. You understand mm-hmm. me? all right but i'm not opposed yeah. to
0: it <laughs> right um uh, sometimes i'm tired and I don't
1: want to do all the work um we want some feedback so send it to the geeks at the dot uh, especially all the hate mail we're about to receive because we right. s- really sound like we're condoning sex trafficking which we're not
0: it's satire you know
1: it's, it's, it's what it's called it's black humor
0: right right called. dark humor yeah
1: that's right oh yeah dark humor yeah. see now i'm being racist you know it's fucking ridiculous <laughs>
0: so you can't do anything He can't do anything Jesus. right anymore uh you can find me on the internet on twitter at a middle age geek instagram middle age underscore geek and you can check out our other podcast just another podcast is a weekly podcast which adam and i host where we discuss life pop culture politics conspiracy theories and other nonsensical topics uh this week we'll be discussing uh this, uh, the Sandy Hook Conspiracy, which is seeming to get some justice now, uh, as well as the Extended Play Movie Podcast, which uh, is a podcast for true cinephiles. If you don't know what a cinephile is, if you watch, do you watch the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff? Do you listen to the uh, director's commentary? Do you, see, do you actually read the credits at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, we're talking to you. Uh, and you can find both shows separately on the Apple Podcast app, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or you can just go to the blog, it's not just another blog, it dot com.
1: And I'm on Twitter, motherfucker, at SapientLG. Baby.
0: <laughs> All right. And uh, be sure to tune in on Friday for our latest adventure on the away team, where Troy is a full on hoe bag in this one.
1: No, she's not. She
0: totally is. Stop it. <laughs> also our 300th episode is approaching so we want to hear from you guys so send comments emails all sorts of stuff letting us know you know how cool we are how much you want to have our babies you know how much you want to make love to adam's beard you know stuff like that Mm -hmm. and uh we'll share it all on the episode so that is it for us this week so until next time peace out